Hi, I'm Emma. Hi, and I'm Josie. Josie and I started Teens Find Middle Ground because we believe that our nation is becoming increasingly divided by party, and there's a lack of peaceful discourse across party lines. Our goal is to help teens expand their viewpoints and listen to one another in order to find middle ground on controversial issues. This week, we took a look at the protests following the death of George Floyd, an unarmed black man who was murdered by a former police officer, Derek Chauvin. We focused on the violence in the protest, Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, what it means to be an ally, how to reform the police system, the phrase ACAB, and finally Trump's response to the protests and the role of parties within the pressing issue of police brutality. Our participants included teenagers from Baltimore, Minneapolis, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., Alabama, and so many more. We want our discussions to be a reflection of all viewpoints, so if you are a teen and you feel that your opinions were not reflected by this podcast, please join us to be heard. We'll start off with, do you think that the looting and the rioting is justified? You tell people to be quiet for so long about things that are happening that are unjust. I mean, it's going to happen. Things things like this are going to happen, and people need to understand that it's not just one thing that has that has done this. It's it's the whole system that has been that's been against them forever, like against people of minorities forever. So Yeah. Like Joe Biden says like the original sin of slavery has stained our country forever. Like our country was basically founded on racism. Um being someone from Minneapolis, I'd like to just speak on this for a second because I I see the viewpoint where like, okay, well why is it being so violent? I see that being brought up a lot. But I think we need to realize that very recently, like, it's literally just a recurring thing. The Minneapolis PD is probably one of the most corrupt in the whole nation. And, for example, the Philando Castile death, there's various uh, peaceful protests that went on. And guess what? The officer was not charged with anything. He was acquitted completely of anything with such a clear murder. The main focus is the death of George Floyd. So I absolutely think that it is necessary. First Amendment rights are like being held against and I feel like that's kind of an issue, like that's really wrong. So I feel like um, at the same time, like I understand arresting people if they're looting or if they're um, doing something violent because that's actually like in the law at least. I've seen a lot of videos and a lot of cases, for instance, the CNN reporter, um, or like the whole team who are just being arrested when they're just speaking their minds. And you can say whatever you want in this country and you should not be able to be arrested, but people are continuing to be arrested. And I think that that is just like, kind of just highlights how systematic and um, broken our, our system is and like kind of what people are fighting against. Do you think that um, Trump is justified in designating Antifa, which is the um, far left, like anti-fascist militant group as a terrorist organization? Or do you think that was a wrong call? Look, I mean, what Donald Trump's response has been to this, you know, outbreak of um, you know, uh, unrest in our cities is to be not to, is to take away from the actual problem and to pivot and talk about Antifa and designated it as designating it as a terrorist organization. When on the streets of my hometown yesterday to get a photo op, as Matthew said, he was tear gassing and pepper spraying and shooting innocent peaceful protesters with rubber bullets. So really, this this, in my opinion, this, um, you know, unrest in our streets is really, you know, emblematic of the Trump presidency. Um, and it really, it's really, really telling. 
And it really shows how much that Donald Trump cares about ordinary Americans. It, it, it's really just, it, it's horrifying to see. Yeah, and today he like talked about like he's done more for the black community since Abraham Lincoln is president. If we're having these riots in the streets to have people that angry to be able to like loot and riot and set things on fire, if, if you're saying that you've done a good job and I don't know what, look in the mirror, you're, obviously you're not doing a good job if people are that upset. And he constantly blames the Obama administration and Joe Biden. Well, if you're um, looking at them, what do they do? Your president. The community has the lowest um, unemployment rate. Did you just say we currently have the lowest unemployment rate? It doesn't currently have the lowest unemployment rate as a whole, but for the African-American community, they do have the lowest unemployment rate. Well, that started under Barack Obama, so. What? Also, right now, our our unemployment rate for the black community began to drop in 2010. I'm not saying he single-handedly did it. Yes, Obama did help drop it, but it's not like as soon as Trump took over, it started going back up. Only point I'm trying to make is I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying everything he's done is right and justified, but he has done some for the community. I'm not saying he's done as much as he could do. Since Lincoln? Look at LBJ, the no, Civil Rights Act of 1964. The Voting Rights Act of 1965. That's what yeah. you call doing big things for the African-American community, not claiming that you've done so much and not doing anything about it. Also, his slogan in itself is just inherently racist, make America great again. America was never great. Like, refer, trying to return America back to a state of racism and and oppression of the black community and all minorities in general, like that is not great at all. And that is not helpful at all. So. And what specific, I wanna know what, sorry Matt, I wanna know what specifically he has done to help the black community. I mean, I know employment rates have, dropped but like um i said they started that started during the obama administration and like just progression economic this is how economics work but i just want to know what specific has he ever specifically done something that really helps the black community in any and as far as most minority that, communities to add on to that um I, I like, I mean, I get that some people want to make that argument that, you know, unemployment rate has gone down, but I want, I like want examples of why that's, at, you know, that's why something that Trump did, you know, what specific acts did he put into place? What specific economic programs did he introduce? You know, these things are just running over time. There wasn't any like thing that ha- that Trump did that I know of. I would love for you to try to tell me like one thing that he did specifically. Getting caught up in Trump's overall policies, I promise you that's going to be another week. We have, uh, we're going to have a series of Trump versus Biden on their policies. But right now, I think we should focus on what's really pressing. And so, like the response to the Black Lives Matter. So, what are your thoughts on the Blue Lives Matter and on the All Lives Matter movements? And does that undermine the message of the Black Lives Matter movement, or is that also necessary? I don't say that it undermines it, but I do 
think that some people who say it use it to undermine? I think that when people say it, they're not really saying it because all it matters. Like, that's just kind of, again, like human rights things. But people are saying Black Lives Matter because they aren't getting human rights. And that is kind of the point of it. The point of Black Lives Matter isn't to take away from any other group of people. It's to show that we need to stop targeting Black people. We, they are, their lives matter because right now their lives don't matter. That's why, that's why it's a movement. That's why people are fighting for it because Black Lives right. The country right now is showing, that, showing Black people that they don't matter. So by by saying all lives matter, you're just proving the point that we don't we don't care enough to you know say, to step back and say wow we're doing we're targeting black Americans just because of the color of their skin and they're and we're fed up with it everyone's fed up with it because you can't just go around arresting and killing black people because they're black and that's the entire point of the movement they're being targeted and. It's just ridiculous to say all lives matter in response to Black Lives Matter because we're not. No one is taking away the fact that all lives matter. We're just pointing out that right now, Black people don't feel like they matter, and mm-hmm. we haven't shown them anything to say you do matter. Because and it's ridiculous. It's sick. It's disgusting. You're talking about how. It's not supposed to be used in response to. I agree that it shouldn't be used in response to Black Lives Matter. But I think the question that the host or moderator or whatever you want to call her was trying to make is the All Lives Matter as a whole. Does it undermine it? But I agree that if you say it in response to Black Lives Matter, yes, it does undermine the use of the term. Wait, do matter. But the fact of the matter is if you are white, you've never have you've never ha- heard a thing in the news saying that a person was killed, a white person was killed because of their skin color. It was that's never happened because inherently the systems that have been, that are in place in America have been built to benefit white people first. And all lives matter was a, like the the entire phrase was only set up because. Uh, it was as a response to Black Lives Matter. So I understand that if you look at it as a phrase alone, yes, the sentiment is good. But if you look at any case where it's used, it's only used to demean the movement of Black Lives Matter. And that's not acceptable because white people have never been killed for their That's not exactly true. There are some white people who have been killed for their skin color, but not as... America? Often, I'm not trying to demean it. I just, yes, I'm not trying America? to say that it's anywhere near as big of a problem. I wouldn't say that's true. Well, there, they have I, I wouldn't. There might be like one case, but it's not like a systematic issue. Like people get killed for random reasons all the time, but issue is that it comes up again and again and again. Um, like the role white privilege plays in this because clearly. We here are predominantly white on this call, so I think it's something that needs to be addressed. What, to what extent can white people speak for the experiences of, and how can they be allies to the movement without overpowering and overusing their voices to shed light 
like to take light off of the people who are actually experiencing these hardships because that's something that I think everyone right now is grappling with because we all agree that it was murder but what what do white people now do how do they become good allies I think the ally mentality is meaning that it's an all-out race war yeah that's just wrong do that's not what it is at all being an ally is standing up for people of color who are being murdered by police everywhere it's signing petitions it's donating to organizations it's going to the marches yourself and standing up with them to call it a race war is just inciting violence and i can't believe that that was even said i wasn't saying that being an ally is making a race war i'm saying the ally mentality because I've heard countless situations of white people saying, I'm on your side, so kill other white people. It's because we're, we understand how, with the situation, we're, we're empathetic. We're empathetic. I don't think it's like, I think it's uniting against the system, uniting to fix the system. I don't think it's necessarily a race war. I think it's, trying to combat systemat- sy- systemic racism. Okay, yeah, so, oh, sorry. We just understand that the system is flawed. We're allying with them because we're fighting. We're fighting for justice. We're fighting for reform. reform. America- I'm glad that you brought it up because I feel like when you say that it's a race where you're actively acknowledging that there are a lot of white people who are racist enough to actually go as far to think it is a race war. So I'm I'm glad you I'm honestly glad you said it because okay. I think that brings okay. up the point of yes a lot of white people are allies but a lot of people are not and you know maybe that's a problem. Yes, there are countless white racists who want a race war. Like what you can do to be a good ally. I'm not sure what it's like um globally for each of you, but at least for people in my school, a lot of the times it seems like. People who are white are kind of reposting the same thing on Instagram stories. So that way they're almost like in, they just kind of pass to the dogs and they're an ally without doing much of anything else. And I feel like that's kind of something that you want to step away from and maybe do something more like donate or sign petitions or go to protests. Yeah, I think we can all agree that being an ally of the black community is something that we should all be and whether you think to the extent in which you actively participate in that by donating, signing petitions, posting on your Instagram, Instagram stories, stuff like that. But the thing is, the real issue, I feel like, is prejudice in the police department. So how do you fight prejudice? And how do you stop that from happening in that split-second interaction? How do you prevent an officer from firing their gun? And then adding off to that idea, like, what are your thoughts on the ACAB movement? Like, there's a, um, there definitely is prejudice because if if there was no prejudice, George Floyd would have been put in the car and would have the same procedure as any person who gets arrested. arrested If this was a justice system, black people, white people, any race would be treated the exact same if they're arrested. There would be no bias. There would not be, there would not be prejudice. So I really, it really shows that there is prejudice because of one person because of the color of their skin, they're treated differently than someone else, which is But how do you prevent that? Bias training. Yeah, bias training. Teach them how to be in situations like, like I know some police departments do that, but it's not widely spread. It needs to be widely spread. They're also, if um, looking at the um, pol- police um, who um, was arrested, there needs to, if, if there's misconduct or there's something wrong happening 
with the person or the police. They need to be terminated, fired. They, they, can't just, they can't just be laid off the hook like he was. There was like over 12 complaints over his time as being a police. So you really need to look into that. You need to do further background checks and further training for the police before you, they actually are police because that's a real problem and it needs to be fixed. Also, I feel like another thing that is often overlooked as a possible solution is letting the majority of a police in a community be from that community. For example, I used to live in Minnesota. I know that people from northern Minnesota are typically more, you know, conservative. Not, I'm not saying conservatives are racist, but I'm saying that as a as a um, demographic, it's less diverse, and there's not as many communities that have vast perspectives. So when the police force in Minneapolis has a large majority of people that are not from Minneapolis being police officers, that brings up a point of why. It's not like the Minneapolis is, you know, just, you know, running out of people from Minneapolis that are playing. They're actively picking people that are not from Minneapolis that don't understand the community with that is diverse to a police community that is diverse. And that is inherently a problem that a lot of people don't even view as a possible solution, but it really is. I, t I definitely agree. If you have people who are of the same race, they understand like, as if you want your representative to be the same race as you. You want them to represent you. You want them to understand who you are, what situations you're in. If there's someone who is like, let's say they're a different race in a different neighborhood. Some people might not feel secure. They might not, they might feel, in, it might be, it might be wrong because they don't really think that the person really represents them and would um, not be prejudiced, like you see with many police today. So yeah, I definitely agree with yeah. being this. And it's not plausible to you know say that all co all cops are bad people because I, you know I, I truly believe that except for a very small majority of people, especially a very small majority of Americans, everybody is kind at heart. And I think by generalizing an entire group of you know of police officers and saying that they're bastards or whatever or saying that they're all racist that is part of the, that's part of the you know uh, biases that we have as individuals against different you know groups of people and that ties back in to the distrust between um you know these these communities and law enforcement which we've seen um you know and i i just think that the real way to get stuff done is to really reform the system because we haven't seen any reform in the system and year after year each and every day we see these you know brutal murders of people of color by law enforcement and something ha nothing has been done yet we need to do something i think that the all the, that phrase is right because i do think that cops are some cop some cop i know some cops are bad definitely because they're killing people but i know that a lot of cops are actually good so we really need to um as Matt just said, we need to reform the system. We need to make the police a trustworthy source of help. We need to make them, people trust them. People not cringe and flinch if they see a police in their neighborhood. We need the cops to be reliable. Cops were supposed to make people feel good. They're supposed to help situations and de-escalate situations. They're not supposed to kill people. Cops are not murderers. They're helpful. They're helpers. They're our savers. And if you say that, but I feel like the image of cops has sort of been distorted. So through the reform, it will be restored and I agree with that, and I don't agree with all cops are bad, but I think what it's not necessarily saying that, I mean, yes, it is, but when you look at it, when you talk to people, they just believe that the system right now condones these actions of police officers, and from the looks of it, it does, because we're letting, we still haven't arrested 
three of the four cops. And and you're going to just, it's not that we, everyone believes that all cops are bad. It's just the, the police right now, the system just isn't doing anything to combat these issues or to hold police accountable. And that's what we need to do to show that not all police are bad. We can't just go around saying, yeah, not all police are bad because it doesn't do anything. There has been some points brought up that the all cops are bad movement is beneficial towards making change. But do you think that's inherently causing a bigger divide between police and the protesters and not doing the opposite of what needs to be needs to happen to resolve these issues between trust between a police officer and a black person? I think what's really dividing is what's happening at these protests is the police brutality on innocent protesters. And I think that's really what's dividing. It's not that these protesters, majority of them don't go out thinking that all protest, that all police are bad. They go out there fighting for people like George Floyd who were innocent and died in the hand at the hands of police officers. And there's no justice that's being done so when they're going to protests and then they see this police brutality happening with the tear gas and the rubber bullets it's really not helping the situation how i interpret it as is that but it says that it means that the police system itself is corrupt and it's it's flawed in a way that with what how i how i think that it's flawed is that it it, it provides us a brotherhood fraternity in the police force is a great thing for the cops in it they defend each other in times like this, and they 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 stick up for each other before they stick up for the protesters. And it's not that it's not something that I've proven with facts. It's something that I've just witnessed and drawn to my drawn my conclusion from from what's around me. And I can't speak for all cops. I can't speak for any cop actually. I don't, I'm not related to any. I don't know any personally. Uh, so, but what I've seen is that the police system inherently has flaws with the people that are in it because they would rather protect the people the people that are in the police force than protect the people that they're being that are being killed yeah so one thing that's really given me hope for the future um in the recent days you know it's obviously been such a depressing news cycle and we've seen so many horrific stories that have come out um, but really some of the amazing things that have happened at these protests, especially the ones in Camden, New Jersey and Flint, Michigan, where the police chiefs, you know, put down their batons and they decided to walk with the protesters and, you know, show that they, even the cops, even the police officers who are being criticized every single day, they understand that the system is wrong and it is flawed and that something needs to be done. So I think that if we follow the lead of these people, peaceful protests on the streets, just really showing the American people that they're, that we demand a change, that we say, we look at the status quo and we say, this is not working for a significant portion of the American population. And then we go to Congress, we go lobby, and we make sure that that change happens. This administration or the next administration, whatever it takes, we are going to get something done and we're going to get it done sooner rather than later. Can I build on top of that? Uh, I agree that the protests are helping, but not all cops can follow like that because here in Alabama and Birmingham, they had just... It's not necessarily always a protest 
sometimes they're turned into riots. And in Birmingham, they had torn down the majority of the white statues, leaving all of the historically black or black representing. And I don't think that destroying the statues what or the destroying statues? the properties are... Going off of Jacob's point, like... I mean, I can't speak for what's happening in Alabama, but I do know that there, I've seen videos and around, like, near me and all the protests. To what extent should the police be enforcing the law? Like, I've seen videos of the flag being burned. I've seen videos of people stealing, looting. So what extent should the police let it happen? And what extent should they enforce it with tear gas and rubber bullets that we've been seeing? And also, um, like, a second part to that question, Trump said that he would be willing to deploy the United States military if um, governors and mayors do not get a hold on the protests going on, despite the fact that some of them have um, let their own guard forces out. So, like, to what extent should Trump have the authority to intervene as well? Well, Trump, first of all, make the point that when Trump says, when he talks about his use of the military, he says, dominate them, dominate them. I mean, like, these governors, these mayors, they need to dominate the people. That's just suppressing voices like that. The point of protesting is to make your voice heard. And especially right now, yeah. we're in the middle of a pandemic. If having mass protests around the country in the middle of a pandemic where over 100,000 people have died does not. Pre- when the riots first started and he called them thugs and the anti-mask or anti-quarantine protesters protesting in, I think, Michigan that were armed and were literally protesting the fact that they had to wear a mask because we're in a global pandemic and he called them good people. Like, it's it's just such a double standard. And that Antifa, declaring Antifa a terrorist organization where the KKK is not declared a terrorist organization, it's just... It's such a double standard. You need to focus on the American people. You don't need to focus on, you don't need to focus on bashing others. You need yeah. to help people. It just, also, it spreads violence. It's, it spreads um, hatred and violence. You need to spread positivity and tell people that things are going to change. It's also unfortunate that it's like his, the re-election or the 2020 election is coming up. So I feel like a lot of his policies and a lot of, um, his actions in response to the situation have been um, an effort to appeal to his fan base and his voter base um, and not necessarily for the good of the country. And like this happened in the Rodney King riots, it it keeps happening and it's it's not okay. Yeah, like um, like he should, the re-election should be behind him right now. He should be focused on helping all American people, not just helping who is in his base the people who reelect him, good presidents, good good presidents help the American people, not your base, not just the Republican Party, Democrats, Republicans, everyone. I have a question. Um, it doesn't have to do with the topic, but I just want to ask what everyone's political affiliations are. I know it doesn't define who you are. I just kind of want to know. Important, but I feel like with an issue like this, it's almost like ignorant to bring up something that should not be dividing us like this should not be a this should not be a party issue this should be an issue that everybody agrees on that everybody's trying to change we're saying this issue is not a partisan issue it's an american issue and really if you're on the side of yes let's let's 
keep the system where police systematically kill black people, then you'll, like, I can't even, I can't even defend it. I can't even think of an argument in my head that that would just be, oh yeah, that makes, no, no. That, like, some arguments I can understand the other side, but like, I was, I, I don't know how you can really justify this current system. Yeah, um, just something like, as a Democrat, I feel like a lot of Democrats aren't really willing to um, let Republicans who agree with them on this specific issue kind of speak their mind. And I definitely think that it should be more inclusive because, as Katie said, it is more of a human rights issue. So if Republicans don't necessarily agree with Democrats on other things in politics, I think we should let them agree with us on this without trying to force them to change all their political views at the same time because this issue is such a important issue and we can't just let people feel left out of the movement to change and make it better just because of their political affiliation. So yeah, that's why I think that um, while it is an important thing on other issues, it should not be the most important thing here. It Mm -hmm. should be irrelevant almost because, you know, if you agree, you agree. And if you want change, you want change and you should be allowed to advocate for it. Yeah. And it's, it's literally the equal protection clause, literally all lives are equally protected among all citizens within the state. It's sort of, I don't know why this would be partisan because it is a human rights issue. It needs to be fixed. It's very much against our constitution and all of the morals that many people have that all people should be created equal and no person is lower than anyone else. Everyone is one. We're all humans. Skin shouldn't define who you are. I just want to say, I started the question by saying it had nothing to do with the topic. I know y'all were just trying to say it is a human rights issue and it is. I myself am a Republican, even though I won't be able to vote on election time this term. But I was just wondering, everyone's political affiliation had nothing to do with the topic. And also, I feel like we do need more voices too, because we don't want this to be an eco. Yeah. We don't want this to be an eco chamber of one point, just everyone adding on to each other. Because the reason Josie and I created this is because we feel like people from across the country often don't understand one another, and they're so quick to hate and to fight back without really talking. So we want to hear every. I feel like this has really become a safe space where people can mm-hmm. share without like being judged thank you so much for listening please follow us on instagram and facebook at teens find middle ground we hope you can join us for next week's discussion